Hey everybody, welcome back to That Girl with me, Danielle Decker. So glad that you're with me today. I'm so excited. I have a special episode here with Pastor Paul. Uh, Q&A. Uh, so many questions, great questions that came in that we just want to answer today because uh, if you have a question, everyone has that question. I've come to know that if I'm thinking it, someone else surely is thinking it also. So we're hoping to answer some of these questions in a way that would bring clarity and, and understanding. And uh, one thing that I just want to remind you and remind myself always is that God is not complicated. His word is not hard to understand. And he promised us that if we would seek him, we would find him. And so when we have these questions, you know, it is so good to go to someone um, with the wisdom and, and knowledge. And that's why he's given people uh, specific gifts and, and uh, things that they do where they can and can learn and grow. But it is our responsibility to to seek out the answer. And if we don't have it, then it's our responsibility to find it. Because if you have that question, he wants to answer it for you. And uh, there are questions that really can affect our lives. And then there are some that if we never knew the answer, it doesn't change who we are or what we're doing, but is still interesting and, it, and it's fun to learn and grow uh, in his word. And so as always, I encourage you um, to go back and, and read your Bible. And um, anytime you have a question, it doesn't mean that someone else has to answer it for you. It means get in prayer open your Bible and, and seek it out. And uh, I'm going to encourage you to do that. But in saying all of that, we're excited to answer some of these questions with you today. And uh, if I ever have a question, I'm going to Pastor Paul. You guys know that. I talk about that often. And so um, I, I'm going to plug here also that uh, go back and, and get on 180 Church and find uh, his messages. We've been going through some really great end times um, uh, messages these last few weeks that are, it's incredible. Uh, God's word is is living and his prophecy is true and it's happening now and, and it's exciting. And uh, when we see it uh, for what it is, there's, there is no fear. There is no confusion because God's already given us everything that we need. Uh, he showed it to us so that way when it was happening, we could say, I knew about that ahead of time. And in that truth, there is no fear. So go back and listen um, to those messages. They are encouraging. It's exciting to see where we are uh, as Christians. So anyway, we're going to get started here and we'll just start with this fun question. Uncle. And I'm okay. going to say Uncle Paul because I can't. Yeah, that, that, that's fine. And by the way, I just want to say I... I thoroughly enjoy getting to do this that girl episode and uh, i'm honored to do it and i'm so proud of my um my niece danielle <laughs> and by the way when you go and you check out those messages check out the mother's day message because she preached this last sunday and it was tremendous so there's my plug there you go thank you uncle paul <laughs> sure. yes yes uh that was such a blessing too but um yeah definitely pastor paul over here you know it's hard for me to say uncle paul i don't think yeah. i could ever or i mean pastor paul i don't think i could do that but <laughs> all right so one question we got is how old is the earth uh that's a good question i don't know but <laughs> <laughs> i love that I, yeah i don't know but but here's the thing what we do know is it go just simply go back to genesis and read what we do know is it starts out, out with in the beginning God. So we know God was in the beginning before anything else. And in the beginning, uh, God created the heavens and the earth. And then it goes on to say, and the earth was void and without form. So what we don't know is the time span before God created sure. the, the earth and then the first day. Because on the first day then, he's, uh, he goes and he uh, separates the waters and things. Because at the time, and there again, I, I don't, if we read, we'll spend a little bit more time. It's okay, but you can go and read this yourself, the yeah. seven days thing. And um, he separates the waters. He takes the waters and separates uh, the, and creates a ferment between. And, and there's water above and, and there's water below. And then you see as it progresses how he creates uh, land. But at, the, at, but at the beginning, it's all covered with water. And so, uh, and that's where he labels the heavens. You know, there's, there's the, the first heaven is the atmospheric of our planet, of Earth. And so we can follow that seven days yeah. f 
from from the so here's the seven days and on the sixth day man's made and then we can track from Adam to now. So we've got six thousand years time. That little place between God created and then the earth was void and without form. I don't know. I I can't tell you that. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of people speculate. Oh, there was dinosaurs and everything. Is it? It's like, but the earth was covered with water. Right, right. So, um, you know how that plays out. And then you have to remember too, because a lot of people want to go. Well, what about the dinosaurs? Well, they could have been there with Adam. But it's, but you know, they seem like they were such evil creatures. Of course, people put them to the place they want them to be because they were big and had teeth, and some of them didn't. But, um, but still, remember this. Uh, when God created uh, lions, lions didn't hunt other animals and things. This was all a result of the fall. So right. a lot of things happened after the fall. So just to answer that simple part of the question, I don't know. All we can take it is from that point where day one is in the Bible and know that God created it. So to, to say I know exactly what happened from that moment to that, I, I can't. Yeah, sure. Well, and, and you know, those are that's one of those questions where it's fun to know. It's fun to go back and look and, and see that timeline. Um, but it's okay if you never know that answer. Right. We will <laughs> but, know. Yeah, but... we will know someday. And it'll, it'll I'm sure right. it will blow our mind and sure. just be absolutely incredible. But it is cool to think too. And the dinosaurs real quick, and then we're going to move on. But sure. I always think too, so we, we put these, you know, dinosaurs, which I mean, what little boy doesn't love to learn about dinosaurs? I mean, they are amazing creatures, whether they were real or not, or who knows. But there's nobody on this earth ever that ever saw a dinosaur, heard a dinosaur. How do we know what they sounded like? How do we, you know, it's like so many things like that, too, that you think, eh, it's fun. But it's one of those things, does it change my life? No. no. And is it fun to learn about? Yeah, little sure. boys love to learn about about dinosaurs. But it's funny to think people get so serious oh. about this. And it's like, there's nobody on this earth that ever... I know. I saw, saw a, a History Channel thing that talked about like five billion years ago. Oh, here's geez. what the dinosaurs were eating, and this is what their attitude was. And it's really? like, seriously? And you interviewed who? Right. And, and, and just one more thing I want to say about the cavemen. What about the cavemen? Okay, just remember, we're, you're, you're, a, you're a Christian, so you're taking the Bible, right? Yes. So um, if the earth was covered with water, where, where are all these drawings coming from? Okay, so all of these happened after man was made. Mm-hmm. You know, there were people that dwelt in caves and uh, they drew about like I, I do. But, <laughs> but, but, but it doesn't matter. But the thing is, is you're either going to come from the position where I believe in God yep. and I'm looking at his word and I'm taking it from the places, God, what did you say? Or if you're not coming from there, then I guess your imagination will run wherever it wants to. Yeah. I take that God is God. The God and, and the Bible is God's word. And so I am taking it as what he told me. Yeah, as, as the fact and the truth. Right. Yeah, I mean, you can listen to anything and they'll tell you all sorts of crazy timelines and billions and millions and, and, and all this stuff. And you think, okay, so for billions and billions and billions of years, there was never the, you know. And it's all made up. Yeah, so, it, and that's the thing, you know, good, good uh, way just to say everything that we listen to, think about, know, uh, it all has to come from a place of what does God say? Everything. Right. There is not one thing in our life that we can try to figure out, uh, without going to his word first, because we, if we believe, if we can believe that he is the savior of our soul, of our very soul, then how can we say, but I, I mean, maybe the earth is billions and billions of years old. It's like, no, go go back. As something as small as that, go back and, and read it because we got to believe. If we believe one part, we got to believe the whole part. Right. And uh, so it's important to remember that. All right. So uh, these questions are in no particular order, by the way, guys. So if it seems like we're jumping around a little bit, it's because we are. Um, one, one question that I, I think is important, I think there's a lot of people... Um, unfortunately, that, you know, have had to deal with addiction maybe in their own life um, or with family or, you know, a a loved one. And um, the question really is, you know, how long do you you love an addict? And I I don't think that love is maybe the, the right word, but how long do you hang on and stay with that person if it's a significant other? 
if it's your husband, uh, maybe even a, a best friend, do you continue to have this relationship with them? Um, especially if it, you know, obviously if you love that person, it's hard, it's draining. And, and our, our, the question also referred to, um, us loving like Jesus and wanting to help this person and quote, save them. Um, but when is enough enough? And when do we maybe back off and say, all right, God, I, I'm just praying for them because I, I don't know what to do without feeling like you're giving up on that person. Right. Yeah. And that is, and, and you did separate two things there, which is great because, you know, the, the question is, you know, when, when do you, how far do you love them? And, and of course we know that that's love never fails. It never ends. It never ceases to love. And that's, you know, we get that from God's perfect love because his love never fails. And he told us in, in uh, first Thessalonians, or I mean, shoot, first Corinthians 13, at the end of the love chapter uh, verses there that love never fails. So in other words, it never ends. Mm -hmm. So the, 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 the actual love, if you have for somebody that, that should never end. So in other words, always praying, always uh, believing, even if it means uh, uh, that you have to be separated from the person, you still continue to believe God for them. You continue to pray for them. Right. Because, um, and say so your faith, when you pray for somebody, faith is not a short-term thing either. Yeah, wow. Faith is an eternal thing. Yeah. That's why it says in the end of, of uh, 1 Corinthians 13, now abideth, in other words, remains forever, these, these three, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Right. So faith is believing, uh, uh, hope, the Bible hope, that literally means an expectation of good, yep. and love, which is an unconditional uh, uh never-ending thing. So, but the thing is, the greatest of these is love is because when you look at God, when you know how much God loves you, then you know how much you can uh, expect from him. And therefore you can believe yeah, God. You yeah. can believe his word. You can believe in his best. You can expect because you know how much he loves you. And yeah. you just take that to think of the person who loves you the most. And think of just some common uh, person that you would run into off the street. Which one would you trust more? If they told you something, the person that you know loves you unconditionally, you think they're not going to lie to me. I can trust them. Mm -hmm. But somebody else, you're like, I don't know that I can trust you. Right. But see, when you know how much someone loves you, that's how you know how much you can trust them. Now, that's, that's the love. So that never ends. Right. So you never give up on somebody. However, you know, Paul talked about a believer and a non-believer, non and he says about the non-believer that that you're married to okay now this is marriage right Does if it pleases them to dwell with you you're not to leave them mm -hmm. now you know so the thing is is if it pleases them to dwell with you now i'll say something like this if somebody's coming home and they're beating you up it doesn't please them to dwell with you no Oh, okay, so they're creating their own problem. You don't have to take that. And I would tell somebody, if, you, if somebody's being physical, get out now. Yes. Get out now. Well, that's that's not loving. No, 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 no. That that's that's where you're being manipulated. Yeah. And 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 that's how Satan does to try to use the scripture to try to make you feel guilty. It's like I'm sorry, but God's not into anybody being abused. No. Okay. So now, if it's just it, you're frustrated, that's a different thing. But. When it comes down to what you'll put up and what you won't, or somebody's draining you uh, financially, somebody's doing things, putting hardships, you have to talk to God about that yourself. Mm -hmm. See, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice, and the voice of a stranger they'll not follow. That's right. You have the voice of the Spirit of God. He speaks to your heart, and you have to listen. And, and, and when things are chaotic, is not the time to try to be listening because your flesh is screaming. Yeah. But you have, you're, you're going to hear a st the still small voice. You have to get alone with God and have that peace. And then when he gives you direction, whatever he tells you to do, do it. Yeah. You know, and, and don't worry about what anybody's going to say. Don't worry about what anybody else thinks. Rather, you're staying in a certain situation or getting out of the situation. Mm -hmm. You listen to the voice of God. But a lot of people look for excuses to bail. Well, you just do whatever God tells you to do, okay? But like I said, there again, if somebody's being physically abusive and things like that, no, you, you, you get to your safety. You, you separate yourself from that. It's not pleasing them to dwell with you. Right. And, and, and maybe they're not bothering you, but they're hurting your kids, you know, physically. You get them away from that, too. Yeah. So I let, make that very clear. But as far as loving and believing, don't ever give up on somebody. Because aren't you glad that 
somebody never gave up on you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I wasn't that bad. Listen, somebody still had to pray for you. Yeah. And God uh, it, it still had to uh, uh, fulfill those promises and, and those prayers to get you to believe in him. So aren't you glad that God never gave up on you? Yeah. And he won't give up on the person you're praying for. Yeah. But when it comes to your personal um, life and the conduct of your life there, you really have to seek him about that. And and whatever he tells you to do, do it. Do you think that depending on, you know, does that change whether you're married or not? Do you think that that relationship, staying in that relationship is different whether you're married or not? Oh, absolutely. Because if you're not married, you have no reason that you have to stay in that. Right. So you don't have to put that extra effort. You don't have to do that. And it's like, if this is my life moving forward and I see this already and the warning signs are there and God tells you to flee, then you get away from it. Yeah. Even if it's like, well, they haven't hurt me or they haven't done that, whatever. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. Uh, uh, so that is totally up to you. Right. If you're married, then 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 you have made a commitment right. to right. that person, <clears throat> and so it takes uh, circumstances for you to have the ability to leave that and to walk away from that. One is marital unfaithfulness. That doesn't mean you have to, but it gives you the opportunity to. Right, right. And um, but uh, physical abuse, you don't have to put up with that, no. uh, and you shouldn't. I would. T I don't care if you're married, you're not married. Physical abuse, it's like you get away from that. Yeah. But you still... And emotional um, abuse can be just... Mo yeah, as, as that can bad. be... If, yeah. But if there again, if you're not married, get away from that. Right, right. Yeah, if you are, then uh, then it's, it's you talk to God about those things. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're not being physically harmed... Right. And, and the emotional thing is like, this is tough, but I feel like God wants me to stay, then find his peace and don't let those things uh, take you down. Right. Right. You know, standing in love, it's like you have to be set in who you are in Christ first so that you know how God sees you because mm -hmm. that's your identity, not what words come, right. not not what words are coming at you at the time. Yeah. So yeah. there again, you can't, I can't just give a definite answer sure. Sure. other than if you are being physically harmed, definitely get away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And continue to just pray. Yes. I mean, God's, your, your words, uh, have power and, and authority. And, um, even if you don't see something, you know, the, a change this side of eternity, you can have peace knowing that you are doing the very best thing, which sure. is praying for anybody, but especially for, for someone that you love. And I would also, uh, add in seeking, uh, you know, wise counsel. There's a lot of people out uh, in the world that want to give you advice and tell you what to do and how you should be. And, um, you know, no, you know, you need to find, find someone, uh, counsel is, is a good thing, but finding a Christian, godly, wise counsel, uh, can, could be life-changing. Um, but it's important to make sure that who you're listening to is lining up with what you know to be true. Um, about God and and because listen our relationships with people whether it's marriage whether uh, it's your friendships whether it's your family every relationship in your life is going to look different from the world because you're a Christian your relationships aren't going to be the same um, because when you have a relationship that starts with Christ that's always going to look different from the world right. and so um, seeking God, like Pastor Paul said, seeking God, finding out for you individually, you know, because like he said, every, every, um, every circumstance is different. You know, every relationship is different. Um, but obviously as, as marriage, there's different, um, covenants that were made between you and God. So that takes on a different life form, but, um, loving and praying and taking it to God, really. And that's the thing, too. Adding in really quickly, you can hear from God. We, we know that he speaks to us, so we have to trust that he will. Um, okay. This is another kind of uh, just fun one, I guess. Just kind of answering a question that we, that we all have. But, you know, if God created 
the earth and, and the atmosphere and the, and the heavens and all of this, and we know that we're just kind of like a speck, then where where is heaven? Is it, you know, is it in the clouds? Is it, you know, higher? Where Where is heaven uh, as, as opposed to where we are on earth? Well, actually, there, there again, you can go back to the, the, um, the first chapter in Genesis and in the beginning, because in the creation, it talks about that uh, God created a ferment to separate the waters, because at the time, uh, before the flood, there was water in the upper atmosphere, and then there was water on the ground, and so uh, there wasn't rain, and so there was dew that would, would water the earth, but... Um, it said that he created the ferment and, and he called it heaven. Mm-hmm. So the, the earth has its own heaven. And actually, when you look at the fall of Adam, uh, Adam was given dominion of this earth and he surrendered that, gave it over to Satan. Satan deceived him, but nevertheless, it was Adam's to do something with and he, he surrendered it and gave it over. And so now um, the, um, uh, the Bible refers to Satan as the prince of the power of the air. Mm-hmm. So that was atmospheric, and it says, and it also talks about uh, spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. It's talking about our atmospheric on this earth where Satan was cast down to. Now, there's a heaven that's talked about there. Uh, the Apostle Paul talks about uh, a man that I knew, and this happened 14 years ago now. Most scholars, I believe, I'm not putting myself in scholar, but I'm just saying, believe that the man he's talking to is about is himself. Uh, because he got his revelation, not from the other apostles, but directly from the Lord himself that he says. And, um, but he says that he was, uh, th- this man, whether in the body or the out of the body, I don't know. So he doesn't know if that was just a spiritual moment or he literally was, was translated there. It says, but to the third heaven where God is. So there's a direct re- reference to the third heaven and there's a direct reference to the heaven, which is the earth. And so, we know that there's that. So what's in between there? It, it's the it's the um, uh, the stars, space, out there. So we have a first heaven because we know that God's beyond there. Right. So you you, you think of things like in a, a ball. Here's the earth. Here's the atmosphere around the earth, which is the first heaven. And then around that, all the way surrounding it, like the stars aren't straight up. They're all around. Then you have the second heaven, which is uh, the stars in space. Beyond the stars in space, then, is the third heaven where God is, which isn't a little section over in this direction. Right. It's all around that. Right. You know, the Bible talks about how the Lord will gather his saints when he comes back for the second coming from the four winds, from the, uh, from, from the four uh, winds of, and corners of heaven. So heaven is all around. Yeah. But it's beyond the, 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 the first heaven and the second heaven out past the stars and the galaxies and all that stuff. So that's there's three heavens that the Bible refers to. That's God's cool. in the third heaven. So you can't just point and go, oh, there it is. There's where God's, I don't know where God's throne is out there. Right, right. Going to find out soon, though. Yeah, amen. <laughs> that's going to be amazing, and yeah. we'll be able to see it all. Yeah. Okay, um, this was a good, this is a good question. And I think people, I know I've said this, uh, I was actually just talking with somebody about this the other day. You know, um, I'm thankful that I'm not the judge because there are some really bad people in our in our world. And the question is, is, you know, if everyone that receives Jesus is saved, and we know that that's true, if someone confesses with their mouth that Jesus is their Lord and Savior, that, that they would be saved. And there are people that have done really horrible things, unspeakable things, that um, have received Jesus. And they're going to be in heaven someday. Or, you know, they, they may even be there now. Um, you know, but when we, when we get to heaven, will, will we all be together? Will we be with these people that on earth we look at as an absolute frightening monster, really, um, some of these things that people have done is it's scary. And, and if we are with them, you know, how do we tell other people that are, that want to receive Jesus? Uh, you know, they have that question. Well, this person really went to heaven. How can, how could I go there too? You know, like, like how do we all just hang out together in heaven if he's this and I'm that, if that makes sense. 
Sure. Well, here, here, let's let, let's look at a scripture here, and um, it um, it's in First Corinthians, and um, chapter six, and uh, and I'm just going to start with verse nine here. I just want to read this. It says, "Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators. Now listen to this list. Fornicators. Uh, what's a fornicator? That means sex outside of marriage. Uh, idolaters." That means that you put your trust in just about anything. You can, you can idolize money, you can idolize power uh, or false gods type of things. Nor adulterers, cheating on your spouse. Nor homosexuals, I didn't write it, there it is. Nor sodomites, leave it there. Nor thieves, nor covetousness, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Plain and simple, right? And then it goes on to say, and such were you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of God. Now, I just read that little bit, but I'm going to tell you the context, and I always say this, don't pull things out and make your doctrine. Read context. What was he talking about? Who's he talking to? What's going on here? And if you read this in context, you're going to find out that he says, these things is what you were and there are people that still are. Mm -hmm. What he was directing them here uh, is that since you have been freed from that and you've been made righteous, don't act like the unrighteous and do unrighteous things. Now, he's not saying that then, because if you read all of this, you'll understand that they were doing, there were people doing those things. You didn't lose your righteousness. The Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation of those who are in Christ Jesus. And that is in Romans 8, 1. And so it says there's no condemnation. And, and he starts out here, he says, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit? Well, what is it when you right. receive Jesus? If you believe in your heart, God raised Jesus from the dead, in Romans it says, and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you will be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. righteousness. And with yeah. the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. You are the righteousness of God, the Bible tells us. Okay, so you've been made righteous. By a gift that's been given, by grace you're saved through faith, mm -hmm. not of yourself. It is the gift of God. So your salvation came as a gift. Jesus paid for the sins of all mankind. Do you remember in, in, in it, it's uh, for God so loved the world that he gave, John three sixteen his only begotten son, that whoever believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. When does everlasting end? Mm -hmm. Well, it mm -hmm. doesn't. So the free gift is everlasting life. Mm -hmm. Well, it's if, if it's a free gift and he takes it back, it wasn't a gift. Right. And if if it can be shortened, it's not everlasting. Mm -hmm. You don't have you have to understand the finality of what Jesus did when he went to the cross. But notice this too: for God so loved the world. Okay, so when Jesus came and God was loving the world, were there people that were murderers? Or there were there were there were there people that were. Uh, homosexuals, adulterers, were there sodomites, were there thieves, were there uh, revilers, which are destructive and extortioners, were those things there? Absolutely. Yeah. And yet he says, but I love them. Right, right. I love them. And you have to remember here that the Apostle Paul was talking to the church in Corinth here. Corinth was a, uh, was a harbor uh, community and every kind of evil that was done. You realize that when he went in there, he was only there for a short time and then was, this is what always happened. Satan would rise up, you know, people against them and they would be thrown out. But the church was birthed. But they didn't have scriptures to read. They didn't have the, the, this, the letters we read are what he wrote to them to straighten them out and to help them. Right. But, you know, they were still, there were people that were still sleeping with, um, with, um, uh, the uh, temple prostitutes from false religions because they thought that brought you closer to God. And yet they had received Jesus. Mm. But the finality of what Jesus did made them righteous when they received him. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So did they still do some things wrong? Yeah. Uh, uh, and yet, but he's correcting them. He's trying to help them. Mm -hmm. There was somebody there that he's addressing in this uh, in in, in Corinth, First Corinthians that was sleeping with his. He said this isn't even named amongst the the, the heathens. Sleeping with his father's wife. Mm -hmm. So you would have to assume it was a stepmom, otherwise he'd have said his mother. But um, he says that pure evil. He said to set that person out out from amongst you, so, and turn him actually over to Satan. So it's like you know uh, that is so be preserved in the day of judgment. It's like as evil as that was. He's still going to heaven, but right. 
you put him out because you can't say that you can't let that fester that that's okay and people think things like that are okay it's not okay right it's still wrong but even in that extreme situation that person didn't lose their salvation and you think that just can't be yeah in your little pre mind it can't <laughs> right. and the way you want to look at yourself against everybody else it can't but thank god the world's not judged according to our thoughts yeah because it, if it was uh, none of us have a chance. Right, right. So anyhow, the, in heaven, there will not be cheats. There will not be thieves. There will not be adulterers because in heaven, the righteous body of Christ is there. Yeah. The Bible says that the Lord looks at us differently. We're a beautiful bride, yeah. glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle. But yeah, but those are bad. Okay, do you have a spot or wrinkle? Right. Is there anything that you ever do wrong? It's and so yet true. he still says he receives us to himself, a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle. Yeah. Well, believe me, as a pastor of a church, I can tell you all kinds of spots or wrinkles. Yeah, yeah. I can tell you that everybody, including me, w- w- will do things wrong and have problems. Mm-hmm. But that's not what God sees. Amen. Because when he paid the price of all man's sin once and for all, and offered it to us as a free gift. Yeah. When you receive that free gift, you receive total pardon yeah. yep. from all sin, past, present, and future. Yep. Well, that doesn't seem fair. Somebody could abuse that. Yeah, 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 they can. But it's still the free gift. Yep. And if at that moment that they received Jesus, it wasn't just something to think, well, I better say this to get out of hell. And they were genuine and their heart was open to receive him. The Bible says they were born again. That's Jesus' phrase, born yeah, again. So you, when you're born into the family of God, you're his kid. No matter what. It doesn't change with yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that seems extreme. That's why the P, Apostle Peter said, he, he wrote about the Apostle Paul said, man, his, some of the things he says are hard to receive, and yet they're true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Grace, that is what grace is. Yeah, it is. And that's why I think sometimes people have a, such a hard time receiving grace because surely but you think uh imagine like you said the finality of what jesus did it's like it was it was a high cost it was a high price he was willing to do what he did for the people that were murderers and idolaters and all these people because he knew this is the only way and so thank god that he didn't say, well, it's only for these people and only for these people because then it's not grace and then it's not a gift to all. And it, he says that he came for all because he loved us all. And so if it was based upon our works, whether we got to receive or not, none of us would be able to receive. Not a one. And so we have to take it back to that place. And that's hard to do in our flesh, but we have to take it back to the place of it's, it's a gift. It's the grace. And if it was based upon us at all, then none of us would have it. Right. And really, I would say this too. If you have someone, if you have someone that, um, that says, well, I wouldn't want to go to a place where, you know, Jesus accepts these, these murderers or these, you know, child molesters, goodness, think of these things. It's like, turn that around to, but imagine a God that is so good that he can forgive and love and receive someone so bad because it's their sin that is bad and God hates sin, but he loves the person. And so to me, it's like, while that is feels so extreme and that person doesn't deserve at the same time, it's look at how much God loves that he can see past that and say, but I still love you because you were just lost without me. But once you've received me, now you're my child and I, I love you. And so, you know, that kind of brings us into our next question is judging people or uh, according to sin or judging the sin. You know, so many times people say things like, well, you can't judge me or we really shouldn't judge other people and things like that. And that sometimes can get Christians in trouble because we say things like, I, well, I'm just, you know, it's not my place to judge. And I think we can get that twisted and confused and we end up only hurting ourselves. Yeah, well, you know, the, the Apostle Paul did talk about, there again, back in, in Corinthians there, you know, he, he talks about things that come before uh, you, and in manners where somebody has, one Christian has wronged another 
Christian. He says, aren't, aren't, don't you have the ability? You're going to judge angels. Hmm. You don't have, you can't find somebody with wisdom that can judge against these matters. Why are you going to the courts when you should be settling these amongst yourselves as believers? Yeah. And so we do look at things that are wrong. We do look at things that are sin. You know, sometimes people take it to the other way and they think, well, you know, uh, God's paid for everything, so it doesn't really matter. And, uh, you know, and, and you think that, um, that your sin doesn't have consequences. Listen, just because Jesus loves you and has made you righteous, and that is the fact. You're just as righteous as Jesus is. I know some people have a hard time swallowing that. You can't say that. Well, I didn't. He did. Yep. You're the righteousness of God. So in other words, he gave you, he birthed into you his righteousness. The righteousness that you are is his. Matter of fact, in First John, it says that as he is right now, present tense at the right hand of the Father, so are we, present tense, right now, on this earth. Mm -hmm. You're yep. just as righteous as he is. Yeah. But the righteousness that you are is his righteousness, not yours. So yeah. for you to say, well, I'm not that righteous, then you, then what you're doing is saying that God isn't that righteous. Jesus isn't that righteous. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He, the, we have is his. Now, but what some people will do then and think, well, since I'm righteous and I'm totally forgiven, then what I do is right. Everything that I do is right. Well, just because God loves you in spite of he separated you from your sin for condemnation and righteousness doesn't mean he sanctions what you do. Right. That doesn't mean that the things, because remember he said, none of these things are going to be in heaven. No one who gets judged for these things are going to be in heaven. Well, we're judged according to what Jesus has done because we accepted him as Lord and Savior. If you don't accept Jesus, then you're judged according to those things. Right. So the, the, the point is, is that um, um, just because we're righteous, when I do something wrong, doesn't mean that that's okay. Right. That all of a sudden, that because he loves me, he, he sanctioned what I do. And that's what people do. It's like, well, you know, you're saying that God doesn't love me because of this. No, God loves you in spite of that. Amen, yeah. It's just he doesn't see that, he doesn't hold that guilt against you because of that. Right. He held that against his son. He's already judged it. Yes. God can't judge something twice. Yep. If you're in Christ, he's judged that. Don't then take on the sin of the world and try to make it like God don't care. Right. God does care. He yes. doesn't want, I saved you from that. Why would you go back to it? There's a proverb, that it's like a dog, a man returning to his, his old sin is like a dog returning to its own vomit. Yeah. It's like, yeah. why did you get saved if everything was okay? That's what right. I tell people. I got right. saved to get away from that life why then would I want to go back and embrace it? Yep. So there's the difference. But now, as far as us judging people, you know, we have to ha remember this. You, if you want to go around, you can judge sin and say, you know what, that's wrong. If it's, if it's a brother or sister, biblically, you're supposed to go to them in private and talk to them if you can help them. Yep. That's what you're supposed to do and to pray for them. Uh, but as far as so many times people just want to look down their nose at somebody else, you don't know what brought them to this point in their life. You have no idea, but we want to, uh, you know, point our fingers down at somebody. Well, let me read you this. And this is Romans chapter two and verse one. Therefore, you are inexcusable, O man, whoever you are who judge. For in whatever you judge another, you condemn yourself because you who judge practice the same thing. So apart from God, we're looking at sin. In Christ, he's dealt with it. Yeah. But he says, you, you who are, are judging, you do the same thing. And people right away said, well, I don't do that. So if you're looking at somebody who's murdered, well, I, I, I don't murder. Oh, really? Do He's not talking about you do the exact same thing. Right. But that is sin and you sin. Yep. So if you want to be judged according to your sin, and remember, you know something, when there's a list in, in, in um, uh, Ephesians. And, you know, you have the, the thing about grace, but you also have the thing where it's talking, or, or Galatians, I'm sorry, and, and fruit of the Spirit, but it also lists sin, the, the works of the flesh, which are all sin. You know what's sandwiched right in the middle of there of the things that are, are evil? Gossip. Gossip. Yeah. Has anybody done that? And yeah. yet he lists it with all of those things. Yeah. So if you're going to be, and more of the time when you're looking at your finger, you told somebody else, or you did just gossip. You just did the same thing that you're condemning them for. Yep. Aren't you glad that even in our ignorance yet, God's grace is greater than that, and his gift of salvation is eternal, and it's apart from our ignorance. Yeah, amen. But let's remember that you're, you're getting above your pay scale when you're getting into judging. 
We can look at sin and say, you know what, that's wrong. But we can't look at that person and say they deserve to be separated from God. So yes. remember this, God loves them eternally. That is his kid that you're talking about. You pray for them. You help them if you can to get out of that. But, but, but remember this, that sin isn't what condemns them. So you love them the way God does. The best thing you can do is say, God, give me your eyes to see them. Yep. You know, um, he, when, it talk, when Jesus talked about that, um, um, that if, you, um, if, you, if you have your eye evil, yes. and then you're the, the, um, the, the, it says, then the light that is in you is darkness. Mm-hmm. How great is that darkness? Yep. See, if what you believe to be true is wrong, how wrong is that? When you get into the position of being judgmental in, in that way about people and you're the standard on the earth, you're operating in error. And that error is, is not going to get better, it's going to get worse. Stay on God's side. Put the truth in the word. See things the way that God sees them in the new covenant. Yeah. Because the Bible says where, cra- where sin abound, grace did much more abound. And then that word literally means swallowed it up. Yeah, amen. Stay on God's side. Let God take care of what God does. You you, you, you stay on God's side. Well, and I'm going to take it real quick to, to kind of the other side, Uncle Paul, where, because I, I just want to say, I, I want to say this because you see a lot of Christians nowadays, though, um, and I think everything that you just said is so good about, you know, we are not judging the person and we love the person and, and it's not our job because we're in the same position as they are, no matter the sin. I, and I want to take this quickly to a place of, you know, there's so much, you know, evil happening in our world right now that Christians want to accept and say, well, because I can't, I, I shouldn't judge that person. Therefore, what they're doing, it, either one, it's not my business, or two, it's really okay, and I should just love them, and I and I shouldn't just worry about it. Um, and and I think the 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 problem is, is Christians are seeing it, and they're becoming acceptive, accepting of the sin because they use the excuse of not judging the the right. person. And, and I think it's important to remember that God still has talked about, you know. Um, in second Timothy, where he talks about all, all these, you know, in, in perilous times will come and people will be lovers of themselves and boasters and blasphemers and this whole list. And then he says, and such from such turn away. Right. And, and I think it's important to still, we still as Christians can call these things out that we don't participate in. And that doesn't mean that we are being nasty and ugly and, and judging the, the person. Right. Uh, it's, it's, saying this is sin this is evil right this is being pushed nowadays as an agenda and so that doesn't mean we accept it and that goes hand in hand with what uncle paul was just saying loving the person of course but that doesn't mean we can sit and accept the sin especially if it's something that's going to affect or hurt you or your children uh as christians we can say this is wrong this is the sin. This is wrong. We don't right. accept this. God says that this is wrong, so we don't walk in it, and we don't uh, uh, go with the world on those things. Right. The Bible does talk about in the end times about doctrines of demons. Right. And, it, and if you look at the things that the world is pushing, and as the body of Christ, remember, that body of Christ means we are the body that is anointed. Jesus is the head. At, he sits at the right hand of the Father. We're the body. We on this earth are the anointed body of Christ. Just as when Jesus was here, there was one man, one body on this earth. When he ascended and opened up for us to be born again, we, as everybody who receives Jesus, becomes the body of the anointed one Mm -hmm. on this earth. So therefore, when we see things, there are so many evils. I'm not afraid to say anything. I'll say it from the pulpit. You can listen, whatever, like this. But this whole trans thing, this is the doctrine of demons where people are trying to be convinced, and and there are gullible people that don't want to sound outside of of the norm that try to tell you that biologically a a, a man can be a woman and a woman can be a man. Well, that's a lie. It's a doctrine of demons. It comes straight from the pit of hell. It is not true. It is contrary to God, period. Yep. 
in. So can we call that out as being evil? Yes. yes. Is it evil? Yes. yes. Is it a doctrine of devils? Yes. Are there people that get sucked into that? God still loves them? Yes. Of course. Yeah. What do we do for them? Pray for them. You get a chance to talk to them. Share the gospel. Yep. You know, the Bible says that the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. He told the disciples, I am giving you the keys of the kingdom. A gate doesn't attack anybody. It keeps people out. And so the Bible says that the gates of hell that are meant to keep people who are lost in their sin inside, the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. The body of Christ is anointed to, to preach the gospel, the good news, and that is that Jesus died for the sins of all mankind. If you believe in him and confess him, you'll have eternal life. No, a lost person, Satan can't keep them from getting saved. Yep. Now, they have to make their own decision, but he can't stop that. That's the gates of hell, and that's the keys to the kingdom, okay? Yep. So what do we do, people that are lost in that egregious sin? They need the gospel. What about serial killers? They need the gospel. Can they be saved? Absolutely. Yep. Who They were there when he died for the sins of all mankind. Mm -hmm. You know, the point is, is the love of God goes so far beyond anything that our, our brains want to comprehend, but it's still the truth. But as the body of Christ, the anointed ones on the earth, we are the salt of the earth. We're the preservation of this earth. We have authority over Satan. He doesn't have authority over us. We still need to call out things and say, that is evil. Yep. That is a doctrine of Satan. It is Its intent is to harm man that God loves, yep. period. Yep. Period. So you can speak out and say, this is evil, but that person caught in the evil, you want them to know that it's the goodness of God that leads you to repentance. Even though you're doing something like this, which is wrong, God loves you with an everlasting love and wants you to be in his family. Yep. Yep. See, that penetrates that. That is the keys that unlocks the door or the gates of hell so that those who are in captive right now, which we once were, yep. can be freed and brought into the family of God. Amen. Amen. That's, that's good. And it's people need Christians to stand up, call those things out and, and begin to help those people. Because if we just continue to say, that's okay, that's okay. We're, we're leaving them in a place, um, that is hurtful. We yeah. don't want to leave people in the condition. You know, God loves us uh, in spite of our sin, but he loves us too much to leave us in the sin. Yeah. And that's how we should be. Yeah. We're here to speak for God. Yeah, amen. So we got to wrap things up, Uncle Paul, because we're getting close on time here. But I do want to go to one more question here because I see this all the time that, uh, you know, well, I, you know, I'm, I think God's just trying to teach me a lesson. I've just been going through these hard times or I'm having these bad things happen. And I'm just really trying to find out what God's trying to teach me through all this. And, and, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, this sickness is just a way that, you know, uh, God's going to show me or teach me a lesson. And does God give us bad things to teach us a lesson? No. Next question. <laughs> yeah. Just, I mean, but it's, really. it's just that definite. It's yeah. no, he does not. No. And, and, and what people want to do, uh, it's easier to, to explain and kind of deal with, you know, that, oh, well, it's like I deserve. So, okay, so you deserve punishment because of something you were thinking or doing, and this will cause you, get your attention to straighten you out. Right. It, that's basically what you're saying. And so, no, God doesn't give us, like, sickness. He didn't have any sickness to give you. Yeah, exactly. And so um, the, the thing is, is uh, if you look at the scriptures, what, what's the purpose of communion is to remember that Jesus himself took suffering into his flesh to pay for suffering in the flesh. Yeah. Jesus said, in this world, this fallen world, you'll have trouble. But be a good cheer. I've overcome it. So what do we do? We were in a fallen world. We were lost. We were dying, going to hell. But be a good cheer. He overcame the world. So when I believe in him, I have that uh, eternal life by receiving him. But also, he overcame the world in its, its curse, its sickness, its disease. We can stand on what he did for us. Yep. The Bible says, by his stripes, no matter what you want to say, this is what it says, by his stripes you're healed. Yep. And communion says, don't forget this. This is my body broken for you. Do this and remember it to me. And then it talks about the cup. So those are two separate things. And if you read all of that in its context, you understand one's talking about the physical and one's talking about the spiritual. Yep. And so he has made a way for us. But think about this loving father. What do you do to your kids? Here, I want to teach you a lesson. Come here, I'm going to turn this fire on, stick your hand in it. 
No, we take kids away from people like that. Okay, yeah, yeah. that's that's evil and cruel. So, so God, who is who is unconditional love, is not a good as father as you are. Please, right. you don't do evil things to teach your kids a lesson. Now, uh, do we do things to get us into trouble? Yeah. Does God stop loving us? No. Do we learn something through there? Yeah, but it it wasn't God's will for you to go through it. No. But in this world, we face stuff. And some things you have nothing to do with. I didn't do anything to bring this on. That is true because it's an evil, fallen world. Yeah. But he still loves us. He still helps us, mm-hmm. but no, there is there is nothing that he does to bring evil to us. No, and one thing I want to add to that um, also, because is that um, while, like just like Pastor Paul said, while we have the trouble and we have the things that come come to us, that's not from God, but we know that he will use everything uh to to turn it around for our good there are things that happen to us that happen in our life that aren't his will but sometimes we can see his goodness through it so don't let that be don't mistake his goodness through something as though he was the one to give it to you right He, he didn't give that to you he would never like I love that you said he has no sickness to give you. He doesn't. He has no poverty to give you. He has no sickness to give you. He has no bad thing to even give to you. He couldn't even if he wanted to, which he wouldn't. He doesn't have it to give. But he will take all the things that happen to you, things that you walk through, go through, and turn it around for your good if you allow him to and and seek him through those things and knowing God doesn't need to teach you a lesson. God doesn't need to give you bad. Uh, he will show you things and love you and guide you. Yes, of course. But no evil, no bad thing would ever, ever come from a loving father. So uh, we're going to wrap this up, guys. We have more things that we probably could continue to talk about. And maybe we'll do another one. We won't wait so long to new, to, to do another one in between. And uh, you guys know if you ever have questions, please ask, send them to me because I would love to address them uh, on the podcast. Like I always say, if you have a question, I promise you someone else is probably thinking that same thing or or has that same question. So Uncle Paul, thank you so much for uh, joining me today. And uh, I pray that you guys are blessed, that this will uh, open your eyes, read your Bible, uh, get into God's word and know that when you want to know him, you get in the word and he will reveal and unfold himself to you uh, because he loves you so much. So you guys have an awesome week and I'll see you here next week at That Girl.